Welcome to Blog Talk Radio in high fidelity.
Odyssey of 1804. I am your host, Alice Backer. Today's date is December 22nd, 2017. And tonight we explore the news of Haiti and its diaspora in another Legacy of 1804 news and blog review. Are you as excited as we are? Anyway. Um, my co-host tonight is Hugues Girard, who uh, should already be on the line. Hugues, are you here with us? I am, Alice. Good evening, listeners of uh, Legacy of 1804. Once again, it's a great pleasure to be uh, back with you. All right. So, um, Hugues, we haven't done one of these in a few weeks, so I'm assuming lots has transpired. And... Um, why don't we start out with uh, what the highlights are going to be of our discussion tonight? Quite a bit. Uh, in the highlights, we uh, see the death, the murder uh, of a Catholic priest, uh, Père Joseph Simoli, uh, at his place of residence. Um, Yesterday or the day before, he was gunned down by uh, um, people on a motorcycle. And there was a spot between the police chief, the national police chief, and uh, President Jovenel at the National Palace. Uh, reaction to the judiciary system, Haiti's judiciary system, to uh, statements made uh, in France by Jovenel during his recent trip there. Uh, and the funeral of popular singer Mano Chalmain are some of the um, highlights that we should discuss tonight. Uh, should I go on? Alice? Yes. So why don't we start with uh, Manu Chalmain? Manu Chalmain passed away in Miami um, about a week ago. Uh, he had, uh, as we know, Manu Chalmain um, bursted on the scene as a, a folk singer, uh, as what we call an engaged singer, somebody who's uh, uh, involved. Uh, with the grassroots movements, and um, he was not your typical troubadour with a guitar singing under the windows of girls, quite the, con uh, uh, quite the opposite. Uh, Amano Shalman went to the heart of the matter in the late 70s and uh, uh, talked about uh, what, how people felt and what they were living um, outside of uh, the circles of the Duvaliers and those doing well at the time. So he sang about the plight uh, of the people, those who couldn't eat or didn't have a chance of wasted youth, wasted potential. Um, and his rise would coincide with uh, the advent of the Lavalas movement, so he was identified with the people, with the masses. Um, he was, uh, of course, so he ran afoul of the um, first the Duvalier regime. Uh, apparently, Mano was uh, politically involved from a very young age, uh, um, having been arrested and tortured by the regime of Francois Duvalier when he was 15 years old. Uh, and then uh, he went up against uh, 
Dauphin, Jean-Claude Duvalier, in, uh, after being uh, uh, elected mayor of uh, Port-au-Prince, uh, something that he regretted himself, uh, he was... Uh, he went back to singing and basically was associated with Lavalas. And when the military coup of uh, 1991 took place, Manoa had to flee, had to go into exile. Um, he was hunted down. Uh, he was at some point he was holed up in the Argentinian embassy, and uh, the only way he got out was from um, intervention from uh, Jonathan Damy of all people who mounted an international. Uh, um, network of support to force the military regime at the time to give him safe passage out of Haiti uh, and into exile in uh, Miami and uh, Montreal. And uh, something that he would sing about um, later, uh, I, we suspect that uh, this is the base of one of his more popular songs, Le Mal du Pays, um, Aching for One's Homeland, uh, among popular songs. So uh, he was uh, in Miami uh, pretty much in obscurity for a while. Uh, he had a regular gig at the Top Top restaurant in South Beach. Um, he traveled a lot. He gave concerts. But uh, he fell out of style as um, people age, you know, new artists uh, emerge on, on the scene. Um, but uh, he continued to write and he put out some pretty good album. And uh, one of his more successful um, output has been um, a video documentary that, uh, uh, and he was the subject, it was uh, his biography. And his ascent as an artist, uh, uh, that was the subject of uh, the video biography called A Conviction. Uh, something I highly recommend. It, it's on YouTube. People can um, look at it and get a better idea of who Manu was. He was very charismatic, tall, uh, a, a handsome face. Uh, he was very funny. Uh, I personally knew Manu uh, uh, growing up uh, in Carrefour. He was a few years older than I, but uh, I have relatives uh, who played with him. So uh, it was very interesting to watch him become uh, the person that he became over the years. Uh, he passed away uh, a victim of cancer, apparently, lungs, uh, cancers of the lung, brain, and prostate. Um, and so uh, he, there was a, a mass organized for him at uh, Notre Dame Daiti Catholic Church in Miami Beach, um, well attended, but uh, people looked at that event uh, as a little strange knowing that Mano was an avowed anti-Catholic. He said so himself in the video that um, if there's one institution that he really doesn't like, it's the Catholic Church. Um, he uh, uh, um, professed to be an, an atheist. Politically, he saw himself as a Marxist and he would eventually, uh, um, you know, change sides, depends on, uh, on the mood of the moment. Um, and that too created a big controversy uh, regarding his um, legacy. And so we suspect that had uh, something to do with the decision once he got to Haiti, the body was taken back to Haiti to uh, for national funeral to have a Haitian voodoo priest officiate at, at, his, um, at his funeral, something that took place uh, this afternoon in, at the Kiosk Oxygen at the Chanmas Plaza. Um, 
people notice the absence of the so-called masses uh, of people uh, um, the kind who used to who come you know en masse to his uh, um, concerts wherever he went he could put uh, great numbers of people together in on very short notice Ironically, to the additional, these people uh, were not to be seen. Instead, we saw a whole long list of uh, um, government officials at his funeral, and that raised many eyebrows, um, particularly because apparently he had remained uh, um, friends with uh, fellow artists like uh, uh, Sweet Nikki, who was also uh, at the funeral. Um, That's very interesting. That is so interesting. Um, let me just say um, what the uh, what the Miami Herald reports, and you can continue. The Miami Herald says that former Haitian President Michel Martelly, who had been pushing to bring Charlemagne back to Haiti before his death and was instrumental in getting the government to pay for the funeral, said he deserves the state ceremony. Based on the dimensions of Manu and how huge he is, why not consider something national, Martelly told the Miami Herald in a telephone interview from Port-au-Prince. He deserves it. Martelly, also a singer who goes by the stage persona Sweet Mickey, said prior to Shalmine's death, plans had been in the works to fly him back to Haiti, but he was too weak and could not travel. We had to wait until he recovered, which never happened, Martelly said. Now, this is another way in which um, Haitian politics has a way of playing tricks on us, right? These two should Absolutely. technically not be <laughs> that close. Um, how do you explain this? Um, well, first, how do you explain that uh, the people who attended his concerts while he was alive were not at his funeral? And then how do you explain this um, Martelli? Uh, I, I mean, I guess they were both singers, but in some ways, um, Haitian partisanship kind of has a way of showing us surprises. Uh, how do you explain Mar this Martelli um, uh, outpouring for him uh, towards his well, death? Prior to I mean, getting these are, involved these in the technically two radically opposed uh, sides of the Haitian political spectrum. Again, technically, because these things are very um, strange. Very technically, because in reality, yeah. Mano and Miki go way back in Carrefour together. They both uh, uh, grew up in Carrefour. That's right. So, so they knew each other, but um, they came from opposite end of the social spectrum. Um, even though on stage, or I suspect back then. You know, they, they, they would jam together. Uh, I, I, I would be hard-pressed to call, to call uh, Mickey Mano's friend, honestly, because I, the Mano I knew, you know, he was a batonel, he was a rara kind of guy. He was, uh, you know, just a guitar and, and by the beach, whereas Mickey uh, uh, worked really hard to be accepted by the hotel crowd of Pétionville. So even though Mickey came from Carrefour, um, he was not known as a Kafu guy. That I can attest to, as a Kafu guy. <laughs> um, so that's, that's one aspect. Um, there are some people who, uh, or some critics who speculated that uh, um, Mano's uh, um, passing has basically been hijacked by um, the current government precisely to, 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 to keep uh, his uh, funeral from turning into, uh, into a demonstration. Um, some speculate that maybe he had money issues, but uh, then the response to this is that um, Mano was so well connected, so many people knew him that money would not have been an issue with him in terms of taking care of, of, of him or his last days or his funeral or any, uh, uh, 
uh, of those issues. He didn't have a money issue uh, because he had very, very loyal, very supportive uh, um, friends, very well-placed people as friends and, and associates. So um, the most we can say is that he, his funeral was hijacked, especially after uh, he got closer to the government. Uh, if you remember correctly, at some point during Nikki's um, presidency, he needed to set up some kind of committee to review uh some law that he had enacted and he called upon credible people like Mano Shalmai and Kopefilo from Radio IT fame. These were uh, 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 um, respected people, respected media personalities uh, with credibility that were supposed to, to reflect on uh, what Mickey was trying to do at the time. And that shocked people back then that uh, uh, somebody like Mano Shalmai would uh, uh, say okay to overtures from uh, from Mickey. So uh, in many minds, that's pretty much that event set the stage for what we witness today, for the government hijacking the funeral, for Mickey showing up, and uh, for the masses uh, being kept away or, or staying away voluntarily. So it's, it's one of those uh, uh, um, many uh, uh, inexplicable, seemingly inexplicable events. But if you look in the background, you can <laughs> see uh, how this, this happened. Yes. Now, the Miami Herald went on um, about Martelli. This is not the only thing they said. Um, they said... People uh, people tend to recognize people when they die, Martelli said. A fan of Shawn Mine since he was a teenager, Martelli, 56, who often sang about the country's misery before his successful 2010 presidential bid, said he often drew inspiration from Shawn Mine's songs and guitar-based Tubadu melodies. You don't That's hear his type of song. <laughs> you don't hear his I'm type sorry, of I couldn't let that but, one slide by. I know. Manu was unique in the way he spoke about problems in Haiti, the reality in Haiti. He talked about real stories of life, stories that could touch you and make you, whether man or woman, cry, Martelli said. He marked our time, our culture, the former president added. He opened a lot of young people's minds to Haiti's problems and on how to dream, how to think. He was really a talent. So... Yeah, so that's um, Martelli waxing poetic, again, unlikely bedfellows on Manu Shalmain's death, even though they appear to come from opposite ends of the political spectrum. Now, this happens a lot in Haiti because at the end of the day, um, you find that um, sometimes kinship uh, trumps politics um, in Haiti. Um, this is Correct. This wouldn't be the first time that we've seen this. Okay, and then you know, if you say that they both came from um, Kalfool, that wouldn't be ridiculously surprising. Okay. But on the so, other hand, let's, I, I'm sorry. Let me jump in there. As someone from Carrefour, let me explain that being from Carrefour did not make them bedfellows. Mickey's father was an executive from, uh, I believe, uh, a Texaco oil company. He was a local executive, okay? Whereas uh, living in a very comfortable house, drawing a very comfortable salary uh, in a nice part of Carrefour, in Torlon. Whereas Mano and I, lived practically in shacks in Port Plage. Here's a class difference uh, uh, again. So just because we're from Carrefour, not everybody from Carrefour were created equal. 
you know, or Miki came from a two-parent family. Mano came from a single mother, and he spoke about it himself. He didn't know his father. Um, Miki went to several comfortable schools. Um, Mano felt very extremely lucky to have spent time uh, at uh, the Frère du Bicentenaire, etc. So um, there's more to the story, as you say. And but I'm, I, I, I guess I object to the word kinship. I, I'm, I find it very hard to see any real kinship between Martelli and Mando. But then again, they were both uh, artists, so they probably ran in, 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 in uh, somewhat similar circles. But the, that's about the most I can say in terms of uh, uh, um, kinship between Mando and, and, and Martelli. That's my piece, I'm good. All right, Legacy of Eighteen O Four. we are reviewing the recent um, Haiti news. Uh, why don't we move on to uh, whew, the much maligned visit of Jovenel Moïse to France. Um, if you can give us a background for the visit, we saw that obviously on social media, we saw a lot of people take offense to some aspects of the visit, including, um, you know, just visuals of um, um, his body language while standing next to French officials, which people felt was not uh, very presidential or, you know, other details. Uh, but what can you tell us about that visit to France? Um, the visit to France take place uh, um, on the occasion of uh, um, former French colonies affected from climate change because, as you know, um, Trump had decided not to sign on uh, um, legislation for the climate change. So with France and Macron, New French President Macron has pretty much taken the lead uh, on uh, um, science to curb or slow down climate change. So to that end, he was uh, organizing a big powwow, and Jovenel thought it, it was a, a good time for him to um, make uh, uh, to, 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 to show up internationally because Haiti is one definitely one of the countries uh, affected by climate change. And so he jetted off to France with a crowd, with a delegation of some 30 to 40 people to begin with. Um, let's not forget that when the Haitian president uh, travels, uh, in addition to his expenses, he gets a 20,000 US dollars per diem every day. Uh, um, and this, this is something that uh, inherited from Mickey's days who had changed it from 5,000 on the Breval to 20,000. And uh, everyone else- which is more than a bit ridiculous, yeah. Considering a country like Haiti, but it gets worse from there. Um, every one of these 30 to 40 people traveling with the president gets some kind of stipend, and under Mickey's time, the lowest was 2,500 US dollars per day, in addition to, you know, airplane ticket, transportation between uh, places, um, hotel, three meals, uh, plus snacks a day, uh, and taxis, you know, uh, uh, waiting, Etc. So this was a massive outlay of, of money to go to France. Um, many speculate that a lot of what little money that France ended up promising in the fight of climate change in Haiti, something like 80, totaling $80 million, many people speculate that this money was already spent on the trip itself. Uh, when, you, when you think of all the details uh, of all the expenses involved with moving such a big crowd on the on, on the state's dime. So when, uh, Mate, uh, first of all, um, he had the 
Jovenel had uh, problems getting to France itself because he transited um, via England, and apparently the people in charge of the protocol, the people in charge of uh, putting the trip together, didn't uh, uh, make sure that the president uh, uh, had the visa that he needed to enter England, even though he was in, uh, in transit. Um, so at first, the speculation was that uh, this happened to, to, to be a fog and crowd, a crowd over London, so his plane couldn't take off for Paris. At first, that was the explanation, that uh, somehow his plane to Paris, uh, uh, causing him to meet a scheduled uh, event with the local Haitian um, diaspora in Paris, uh, was uh, eventually canceled because of plane issues. Then it became, uh, the, then the news uh, was confirmed that there was no plane issue, but in fact, the president didn't have a visa to enter into enter, uh, British soil. Uh, so he was stuck at uh, Heathrow in London for a while while people made phone calls and eventually he was cleared to move on to Paris where he eventually met with uh, um, with uh, Macron and those pictures that you're referring to. One where uh, 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 he's sitting very uncomfortably on the, on the cushion, <laughs> on, the, on, on the sofa. Uh, uh, he's sitting on the cushion. Um, Another where he seems to be bowing to um, bowing his head, talking to um, talking to Macron, and uh, also looking very uncomfortable in his winter coat, etc. Um, you know, little uh, gossipy details that people came up with. Um, personally, I can forgive the whole issue with the coat, especially his wife's coat, knowing that these people are from the, you know they don't live in cold in, in cold climates. They're not in uh, temperate zones. They are they are tropical people. So. Uh, a faux pas with a coat is okay, but the body language uh, was uh, made many quizzy, many, many Haitians very quizzy, um, and uh, it gets worse from there. Uh, finally, Jovenel did meet with the uh, Haitian community in Paris and made many controversial statements. Uh, among them is that he was forced, uh, he was forced uh, to name to to nominate. 50 corrupt judges into the Haitian judiciary system. Um, people thought this was quite scandalous, considering that he was in France to, uh, uh, among other things, uh, because he also took a, a, a small delegation of uh, Haitian businessmen, about 12 of some of the uh, most prominent Haitian businessmen with him, to look for partnership, business partnership in France. People felt that the statement about being forced to name 50 corrupt judges into the system, judiciary system, was counterproductive. Uh, um, that's probably not a good way to encourage people to come invest in your country uh, if you're telling them there's a good chance that if they get into uh, problems with the local uh, system, um, they will have to contend with corrupt judges. So this provoked uh, a, a, a quite a reaction. By the time he landed back in Port-au-Prince, um, People were already up in arms waiting for him. But it gets worse. <laughs> um, not only did he uh, tell the Haitian community in Paris that uh, he was forced, he didn't say by whom, but he was compelled, he was forced to name 50 corrupt judges into the judiciary system. But he also said, uh, they asked him the question, as for, um, the, oh yeah, they asked him questions about uh, the report on Petro-Caribe money. The report, the Petro-Caribe report, as you know, the, uh, the investigation that was led by the Haitian Senate, um, this report is supposed to be uh, 
signed and sent to the judiciary uh, by the parliament uh, after signature from um, Jovenel. But Jovenel um, stated to the people in Paris that he's doing all that's possible and he has all the right people in the right places to make sure that the report doesn't go anywhere because as far as he's concerned, that report is just, uh, it's not you know, scientific, it's not impartial, it's just a basis for quote unquote, political persecution of the people uh, 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 named in the report, the people who have been uh, uh, indexed as possibly corrupt of, of having, of having uh, mismanaged uh, public funds, of uh, having appropriated uh, public funds, of not having uh, uh, defended the interests of the state in uh, um, awarding contracts and so on and so forth. So Jovenel told the crowd that he, he has the right people in place to make sure that this report goes nowhere. Uh, and that includes uh, his own indictment. Let's not forget this is, uh, this gentleman is, was indicted on money laundering charges before he even uh, swore in, uh, he was even sworn in as uh, president of the country. So um, by the time he got back, the judiciary system was up in arm. We can talk about that in a, in a some more in a minute in the context of uh, other issues taking place uh, in Haiti. Indeed. Um, so what else do we have um, aside from the Mano Chalmain death and uh, Jean-Denis Moïse visit to France? Yeah, and Jean-Denis Moïse to France. Uh, we also have, um, there was a meeting uh, that was supposed to take place at the National Palace. Jovenel had uh, initiated the, uh, um, this dialogue with the different figures in the country uh, as he tries to put together uh, Haiti's um, permanent electoral council as opposed to the uh, uh, provisional ones that Haiti has had for the last 30 years. Uh, so he's meeting with different sectors uh, that should lead to a new permanent electoral council. And also, um, he's meeting with different members of society, different institutions, uh, as his government uh, 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 considers uh, uh, um, amending the constitution. They want to amend the constitution. Uh, and so, uh, one of the uh, the people that was supposed to meet with him uh, at the national palace was the chief of the national police, uh, Mr. Gédéon. And when the chief of the national police, as you know, um, Jovenel and the chief of police have had some, uh, um, they, don't, they don't get along because uh, Jovenel um, accused the chief of police of being instrumental in um, getting uh, Guy Philippe arrested and shipped out of the country by the DEA. Um, and uh, because of Jovenel has his own issues, uh, it, with the law, because uh, he has a, a case on file, uh, ongoing to Haiti's court system, uh, he's not uh, too friendly with the national police chief. So when the national police chief showed up to this meeting, um, I believe yesterday, he was told that he couldn't park his car in the parking lot of the National Palace, that he had to park his car on the street uh, and then walk in on foot. And he was told this by a parking lot attendant. 
Um, needless to say, the police chief got in his car and drove home. He didn't attend the meeting. Very interesting, very interesting. Um, um, what do we have, by and the it, way? Go ahead. Now, I was going to say, and, and that's a, a notable uh, event because just today the U.S. Embassy, sometime around 2 in the afternoon, uh, put out on Twitter uh, notice to uh, Americans in Haiti to avoid the Delma 95 area because there were exchanges of gunfire between the national police and quote-unquote unknown criminals. So, in other words, there's a... a Haiti is, is is back in tension. There's a lot of uh, of tension in the streets of Port-au-Prince, um, and gone. This ties to to other events, but let's deal with your questions first. No, no, no. Let's uh, move on to the other events. Well, the other event is uh, uh, um, the shooting death of uh, Catholic priest Pierre Joseph Simoli. Uh, which took place at his house. At first, the uh, national police reported that uh, uh, these were, uh, you know, this was a, a robbery that he was followed home by people on motorcycles uh, because he had been coming from a bank. But later reports pointed out that no, 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 he wasn't coming from a bank. He was leaving his house. He was. Uh, these people were in ambush, apparently waiting for him. Um, Pierre Joseph Simoli uh, uh, is associated um, with the liberation theology movement. So it's a familiar uh, uh, um, event of uh, Catholic priests associated with that movement being gunned down in Haiti. Uh, Catholic priests such as Jean Pierre Louis, such as Jean Marie Vincent, and many others like them throughout. Latin America. Um, Catholic priests associated with uh, the theology, the liberation theology movement uh, tend to be uh, targets of right-wing governments such as we have in Haiti um, currently. Um, uh, especially in light of the fact that just uh, very recently uh, on December 8th, um, Father uh, Simoli had spoken uh, against uh, I've spoken very loudly uh, during a march organized against corruption in Haiti. Um, corruption, as you know, have made uh, uh, the news recently. Even people uh, uh, who were in the past associated, who were very supportive with uh, the government of Martelli and its uh, uh, um, stepchild, if you will, uh, government of uh, Jovenel Moise uh, are up in arms about corruption in the system because not a day goes by where you don't have uh, a whole list of new people uh, being pointed out as corrupt, uh, especially in light of the um, Petrocaribe report that came out very recently where a whole list of former prime ministers and ministers and director generals of uh, uh, um, government departments uh, have all been accused of uh, being corrupt in one way or the other. So there was a big march on December 8th uh, organized uh, by, uh, again, people who were very supportive of, of the government. Um, and that march coincided with the uh, 
the Catholic celebration of uh, Notre Dame Immaculate Conception. And the Catholics came out in drove and Father Simoli spoke very strongly against corruption in the country. Uh, so the speculation right now is that what looked like a robbery may very well have been a political murder, uh, again, in the vein of those of Jean-Pierre Louis and Jean-Marie Vincent, and murders uh, uh, um, by bikers, motorbikers, something that was very on vogue, by the way, in, um, in Zaire, on the Mobutu Sesseko, where the perceived enemies of the regime would be gunned down on the street by, uh, um, by bikers. Um, we want to point out that uh, um, the new spat of um, people being gunned down, especially politically active people being gunned down on the streets of Port-au-Prince coincided with uh, a, a, a distribution of motorcycles that Martelly had organized in the neighborhood of Fort National. And uh, among uh, other people who were present at this, uh, at this distribution of uh, giving away basically motorbikes uh, in, uh, a, as Christmas gifts, sometimes in late uh, December of 2011, was the French ambassador Didier Lebret who was also present. So um, we're seeing a familiar pattern here. a pattern of uh, uh, um, perceived uh, enemies of the government in place being gunned down on the street by motorbikers. All right, Legacy of 1804, we're talking to our co-host, Jacques Giral from um, Florida. And uh, I'm, of course, Alice Backer in Brooklyn. And if you need to uh, weigh in on our discussion tonight, you can do so at 714-242-6119. 714-242-6119. You want to call in or press one as soon as possible uh, because we're not going to be on the air for much, much longer. Again, 714-242-6119. Um, now, of course, people are gearing up for their three-day weekend. I know I certainly am. Um, I'm not trying to stay on the air um, ad infinitum tonight. Um, but what, what else? Um, what else can we? Um, what else is there of note that happened in the last three weeks in our Haitian um, Haitian diaspora sphere? Um, I think Mano has dominated the the news mostly. Um, TPS seems to want to come back on the surface because there was some change. Uh, but people are still in limbo. They're not sure what's what's going to happen. Um, little Haiti. And um, seems what does that change? What does that change? Um, as well, the there was Trump this, there giving was this, eighteen months. That that's pretty much it. Trump extending, uh, uh, um, giving people another eighteen months to get the, uh, their affairs together. Oh. And I mean that that was way over a month ago, so it's not so much in limbo. People basically just have to, um, you know, it's, it's it's an invitation by the administration for people to wrap up and, um, you know, for, yeah, for TPS to wrap up. Uh, there was a I, I did have a guest on the show three weeks ago, three or four weeks ago from the 
uh, from Baji, the Black Alliance for Just Immigration, to discuss um, the forum that they were going to have that Monday, um, and of course to, to discuss the issue. Um, and uh, you know, so basically, what, what's happening is all sorts of organizations that provide services to immigrants and undocumented immigrants are just trying to make sure the the that that TPS holders know the rights that they do have while they're here for these 18 months. And essentially what's going to happen is basically what's going to happen is the TPS holders are going to join the ranks of the undocumented who were here long before TPS was ever an issue. So what's going to happen is the vast majority of these TPS holders are just going to join the ranks of the undocumented. And so all of the TPS advocates now have to you know, turn to solutions for all the undocumented, not just the TPS holders, which is what we were discussing from the very beginning here at Legacy of 1804, and um, as well as some of our friends on, on Haitian radio. That and um, are, people still, are people still trying to convince um, Trump that uh, Haiti is in no position to to, 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 to welcome uh, 60,000 uh, um, of the citizens living abroad in light of what? On one hand, uh, the, the Trump administration is saying uh, um, everything's fine, everything's better, they should go home. On the other, um, the embassy itself is, is, is issuing notices to its, uh, to its citizens that uh, um, there seems to be uh, Another reemergence of uh, a street violence in Port-au-Prince, and that Haiti, if, uh, if travel to Haiti is not absolutely necessary, it is to be avoided. Sounds like a familiar refrain, refrain, doesn't it? Alice. Yeah, I, I wish them good luck on that one. The reality is that. You know, in, in all practicality, the vast majority of the 60,000 will not be returning to Haiti. I doubt that the administration is going to put resources in returning them to Haiti. They're just going to join the ranks of the undocumented in the United States. Okay. I, it be, I mean, I, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm just trying to uh, be realistic. I mean, it, you know, it's, uh, yeah, I, I mean, you know, let's see. <laughs> um, I, I kind of doubt that they're going to have much luck. Um, I, I think it is the right thing for these TPS activists to just switch to becoming activists for all the undocumented, personally. Um, so I think we may have uh, done the rounds, uh, unless you can think of something else, you No, uh, that's pretty much it, uh, except uh, this thing in Haiti about changing constitution. Uh, there seems to be they're pushing really hard for it. Uh, um, a Again. member of the lower, <laughs> yes, yes, Gary Boudou, who's a member of the uh, lower chamber of the uh, Haiti's parliament, um, gathered some seven or eight former prime ministers uh, at a hotel in Pichonville, um, where they are all pointing out all that's wrong with the Haitian constitution as to why they weren't able to do a better job. All these people are failures, but now they are, they're putting together reasons why we should change the constitution, and they are the one apparently uh, 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 um, who know best how Haiti uh, can move forward. Um, mind you, this constitution, uh, which was voted by the people back in 87, will now be amended by a parliament. 
whose members are questionable at best. Many of them, we want to remind the listening public, uh, are certified criminals. Uh, many of them, uh, 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 some of them were literally yanked uh, out of the jailhouse into Parliament. Um, they were literally in the jailhouse in the morning and sitting in Parliament in the afternoon. It was scandalous and outrageous. And these are the people who are about to change the Constitution without asking the people who they are supposed to represent what they think about uh, any of this. So this is something that is being pushed very hard by both the legislature and the executive branch. Uh, so stay tuned. Um, this is something we should uh, keep an eye out for. We'll, we'll hear a lot more about it. So these seven uh, former prime ministers got together to complain about the, uh, uh, the restrictions of the Constitution and the fact that they were not able to get clearances mm -hmm. for their uh, management, for the administration of public funds, so that many of them uh, with uh, uh, more political ambitions find themselves stuck today because, um, well, uh, the whoever's uh, in charge of granting them those clearances so they can move on with their political life feel that um, there are many unanswered questions as to the records of these seven prime ministers. That was the last thing I thought I, sh I should point out. This is the next. Yeah, and um, thank you so much for that. Uh, great uh, roundup as usual. But now that we've discussed the Constitution, we can't not discuss the status of the reinstitution of the army. Is that still a hot topic? Uh, yes and no. Uh, but as far as people can tell, the reinstitution of the uh, of, of the army is uh, a done deal, except uh, it has no funding that we know of. It doesn't, uh, it doesn't have a doctrine. Uh, I mean, there's just a lot, a lot of work to do. So until a further notice, uh, a lot of people are referring to the so-called army, uh, they're referring to it as Jovenel's militia. Because that's 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 pretty much what it is. You have 500 people uh, 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 who are recruited, trained, uh, and put in uniform. And frankly, uh, uh, um, certainly no one in the Obama population can say for certain that these are actual Haitians, because no one knows who who they are, who they were. At least no one outside of the circle of PHTK, who, whose mission was to bring back the army. No one outside of the circle of the ruling party right now knows who, who are these people that, that they're calling the army. Um, the gentleman, the former officer of the disbanded army, for example, that who's now been made the general of this new army, for example, he was one of the people convicted by, in absentia uh, at the last trial for atrocities committed by the army, atrocities which would eventually lead to the, the, uh, to the dismissal, to the demise of the whole institution. So that, uh, there's a lot of work that, 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 that remains to be done there. So we have to stay tuned on that one as well. All right, Legacy of 1804, thank you, Hugues, for joining us tonight for this uh, news and blog review. And uh, we wish, I certainly wish you, Hugues, and uh, everybody listening, uh, happy holidays and uh, Merry Christmas as uh, we're heading into that three-day weekend. And Lord only knows I need it, and I'm getting ready to uh, unwind during it and um, enjoy the break from work. Um, 
we are going to be here. Uh, we're going to do everything we can to be here next Friday. Um, but I am also going to be on a plane on Saturday. So I still have to figure out the logistics of all this. Uh, but we're certainly going to do our best to uh, speak before the new year. And um, uh, so, again, thank you uh, for joining us. Thank you, uh, listeners. And um, let's, let's stay in touch on social media to find out what happens next week. Legacy of 1804. Signing out. Happy holidays. All right. Uh -huh.